Welcome to the Inspiro Podcast, a podcast exploring personal growth, leadership, strategy, communication, and fulfillment. We are your hosts, Jason Luchtefeld and Bill Woodburn. I'm here as a dentist, transitioning into a career to help facilitate individuals and their organizations towards a more fulfilling future. Hi there, I'm Bill Woodburn, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and licensed marriage and family therapist in Austin, Texas. I'm fascinated by the way people come together to solve problems, whether that's couples or families, dental practices or organizations. We're going to be exploring a lot of topics, and for us to be able to be free to do that, I have to let you know that this is not intended to be dental advice or counseling advice. It's an exciting day in the Inspiro podcast world. We have our first episode with a guest. And our first guest is Dr. Ryan Kulon. Ryan is one of the founding partners in Inspiro and has a practice in Midland, Texas. Teaches emotional intelligence and the new patient experience. And he helps out with some of our strategic planning. Listen in as we cover a number of topics with Ryan, get his insights and experience. Enjoy. There's one topic that I think about a lot, and that is the power of place. And I think it really relates to what you've been through, Ryan, and how you've gone from having one office that you were you associated with to an office you bought to multiple offices that you owned or co-owned to moving all those into one big place and how the the place, the physical place impacts our ability to communicate, relate to each other, keep relationships, that kind of stuff. And I think that you've you've gotten to experience that in a way that neither Bill or I have. We've talked about that a little bit, but you've actually gotten or had to <laughs> deal with that in person. And I think you would have some really good insight on the challenges that come about and then some of the things you've done to try to help with that and what what's worked and what hasn't worked and then um, as you kind of tell your story through that process bill and i can interject with uh comments questions that kind of stuff so i think that that is a good place for me that feels like a good place to start allows you to kind of tell your story and along the way still topical to what the podcast is typically about yeah, I think that's cool. And I can tell you, I thought it would be easy to to do this level of communication because we did it so well separate places. And what I and I'm and I teach this stuff and I think I'm good at it and what I've learned was it's exhausting. Um and challenging and the physical space, the sheer size of it makes it I mean, I can, I can not see a team member for two weeks unless I'm intentional. And so, man, it's funny. You're, you're, we're talking about this and I'm going, crap, I was doing this for a little while and I haven't done it in a little while. On Thursdays, at the end of the day, my, I would intentionally go around the office and try to have a human interaction with each team member and just, just almost like a morale thing, like, you know, visibility, you know, encouragement, um, how are you doing? <laughs> And that was massive for the team, but I had to do more intentional things like that 
or it's easier to, for people to hide in a, in a larger organization in a larger space. Mm-hmm. And so the physical place absolutely makes a difference size wise. You you're forced into relationship and communication more in a smaller space. And that other piece you brought up that I've, I've talked to uh, a lot with out there in companies and not necessarily dental offices uh, of the leaders desire to be able to see the employees. And I said, actually that's, that's number two. Number one is for the employees to be able to see the leader seeing them. Yeah. Um, That's a very affirming to, to people that are doing good creative work. That's very affirming. Yeah. And when the space is big enough that you're off in the basement somewhere doing what you do and nobody ever comes by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't feel so good. Oh, I got work to do next week. Thanks. All right. Good call. I'll uh, see y'all next week. Make you do a double take. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that you think of the things that you did well and you're like, why am I not still doing those said good things and how easy it is? It, it's very... It like I said, there's some element of um, actual physical energy outputted that is challenging, and for any leader in any size organization, it's there. But the more it grows, I think the more that can also grow, and you have to to almost account for that going into it, knowing that. Like if you know it, kind of going in, it's easier to kind of to to know that that's hey, you're gonna you're not gonna feel like walking around and making those rounds, but it's it's worth it. It matters. It's you know, where are you spending some other energy that isn't as important, but this is, you got to do this. You can cut doing this, this, and this to make space for that. Um, anyways. But, you know, and different spaces tend to nurture different activities. And, and I've even seen it where there's a move that people in the team that were maybe reticent before or whatever blossom in a new space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people that 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 used to be, you know, very powerful in the group, maybe maybe pull back a little bit. It's it's this curious magic. It's it's a little bit beyond description that the mm-hmm. space brings out some things, restricts other things, uh, helps us have a certain sort of practice, or keeps us from having a certain sort of practice. Yeah, and so to me, the magic question then is. Can you design the space or the size of the organization to fit that ideal communication style or where, how you want it to feel, really? Or do you do the best you can and you know you got to work out the kinks and the traffic in between to sort of get there? And I think it's yes and yes, but I, I'd be curious what you think. <laughs> so when I was in practice, I had, well, multiple different sized offices, but the most recent was a six operatory practice that was set up in a way that the Operatories were all along one wall. And then in the middle was stuff like the pan and sterilization and a bathroom and my office and the team lounge. And then on the other side was the reception area and financial stuff and whatnot. So with my office being kind of central throughout the day, I can hear conversations at the front that happen on the telephone and then check out. I can hear chit chat in the sterilization area about people bitching and moaning about things. I can hear conversations in the operatory from patients and team from, from probably four out of the six operatories. I can but just overhear those conversations. And that allows me to do 
recognition. It allows me to do correction. It, you know, there's so much that you learn from being able in that space. And yeah. you really take that for granted. I think when you're, when you're not in that anymore and you start hearing rumblings about stuff, isn't going as you trained or as you planned and you start to realize, Oh, well, I haven't heard a conversation between my assistant and the patient in a year because yeah. I'm not there. So that's how I interpret. I have inside information. I've, I've, uh, I'm familiar with what you had before and I'm intimately involved in or uh, aware of what you have now. And like you said earlier, you can go two weeks without seeing a team member. You can also mm -hmm. go even longer than that without seeing a handoff at the front desk. And all these things that form a really integral piece in creating an impactful practice that is unique. And so, like you said, having intention around how you, how you now handle that differently. So could you, this is maybe for my own sake, could you take us back to when it, things were small, there were like multiple small offices and, and talk about what interactions you saw there that you now have a different level of appreciation for? Yeah, sure. I, you know, um, it's interesting. I think everybody works a little differently. I'm the kind of dentist and, and practitioner that, you know, you hear the stories of the surgeons that like they're so in flow and they're so in that, in that, in that brain surgery that the, the roof caves in on one side and, and, you know, they go, oh my gosh, how did you maintain focus and and stay stay into the surgery when the window fell in or whatever? And the surgeon goes, what? The roof fell in? They have no idea. I, I tend to be that guy and I can really get engrossed in what I'm doing. It's hard to pull me out. It doesn't matter what kind of conversations are happening. Um, but I, I, I specifically, I have a hygienist team member who we were on a four wall operatory system where we could all hear each other. Not that I was listening because that's not how I work, but she has told me recently, like how profoundly she misses hearing me talk about different treatments and how I would use certain verbs and verbiage with patients that were effective. And she was learning all day long and I had no idea she was even listening. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that's something that's not going to be as good in the new office. Sorry just sheer size of it. She doesn't get to hear me. She's missing something. So can we create some opportunities for that to happen inside of the new place? Um, because that was valuable to her and now she doesn't get that. So um, I think the other dynamic that I miss is a weird one. Um, I used to share an office literally with Allison and like it was that, I like that closeness of we shared an office. I come in after something that was tough and I get to kind of just burn off a little bit of the something about the clinical part. She's like, oh man, I've been there. Or I could say, hey, you know, I need to go have this conversation. Do you have, have, have you noticed this too? Or like there was this real collaborative thing that was happening. And I miss sharing a little tiny little office with, with a colleague. And it was better and diagrammatically, when you build it, you don't want to share an office with somebody. You want your own space. And I do. And I don't, I found out that I kind of missed that. I would, I'd give up my office in a heartbeat to share one with somebody because of how cool that was. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that's 
that those are the couple of things that come to my mind when you're talking about the old versus the new, there's some good and there's some bad, you know, I could potentially kind of get lost in my own world and my own stuff and get some things done on my side of things that I probably wouldn't if I had another human in the room to interact with, but that's not good or bad. It's just different in some ways. In some ways it's bad. I don't want to highlight something that that's emerging that I think is fascinating is the, the general push for people that are designing a new office or building a new building or whatever is about space. And that's important. That's, that's an actual thing, but you're bringing up an important extra piece also needs to be about community. Yeah. And how I, we could have infinite space. I assume that you could, you know, mm-hmm. be in the, an area the size of a good sized gym have have your operatory in there. But what does that do to the community? And what does that do to the community of the team? I think that's something that people often don't look at and maybe need to. I I think one more thing to add to that that you just kind of helped me think about is from the patient's perspective, in the old space, we all had four exactly the same operatories. So if that was a good fit and a good size for a patient, they felt comfortable there. I've noticed that I've got this big corner surgical suite. It's super nice, Bill, like windows, like you get this great view. It is, to me, it makes me feel good. I walk in there and I like being in there and that's where I work most days, you know? Um, And a lot of patients really think it's fancy and love it too. But there's been a few patients, they haven't said it, but I know they felt it. They missed that little space in the other building. Because for them, whether whatever psychological thing was happening, they, they lost some safety. The space is too big. It swallows them up. It feels too open and too much going on. And, and you can tell that they're searching and trying to get comfortable in this new, more open, more natural light, more windows. And they're in a scary environment already. And and I, so, love, I love windows. And I used to have an office that had windows on two sides. I ended up with a bunch of lines that I often had pulled down. I liked the windows, but people would say they felt too vulnerable. And when someone is coming in and feeling vulnerable already, sometimes there's this sense of being on display, which is only going to heighten the vulnerability. Though I'm also going to suggest from my own experience, going into a small operatory makes me almost over aware of my own experience. Yes. I'm trying to actually not be aware of. I'm getting a root canal. That's an experience I'd like to miss. Um, and having a window to look out of, having some space to look into, brings me out of myself. And so, again, as you said, not a not a single answer to this. There's there's a yeah. give and take. And to dive into it even a little further. My main consult room is super nice. And if you look, if you think about the construction of it or the design of it, you can actually kind of see through and through into this bigger waiting area and down kind of in a little corridor. And what you said about the blinds made me kind of like kind of tick a little bit because I never wanted to cover those windows. And what I experienced was I tried to position myself where I could never be distracted. I'm there with the patient. But I would watch them, little eyeballs darting over my head. And I'm going, oh, no, (laughs) I'm creating this space where there can't be engagement and focus on the conversation or on the topic because the vulnerability piece, the looking for danger piece is scanning and it is 
not liking what it's finding. And so you take these beautiful windows that cost too much and you throw these, you know, you know, these now these even more expensive, fancy curtains that have to come down to cover said windows. And it's like, you, sh you should have done that different, but you didn't know until you knew. And, um, it, but that is the, I, I think that's the thing that just to jump out of where I live, I live where more bill lives and I'm aware of those things. I'm trying to create that optimal environment so that there's as much vulnerability as possible. Cause that's how you help move people towards health and make them feel safe and develop trust. And I get this. So I can, I can very eloquently or with a lot of agility kind of make some things happen to create that when I see, see or sense that happening, but how many dentists are listening to this or, thinking about their practice right now. And they've never even thought about it because I know dentists and I know a lot of dentists. That's not how they think. They may not have thought about that, but you know, who does think about it? Dentist, your team, your team was already telling you, my team was already telling me about that, that window. And I said, yeah, 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 no, I don't think so. They already were thinking about the patient's experience and probably would have some good feedback into the space that we're trying to create and the, to get the results that we're trying to create as well. Yeah, one, one thing, great reservoir of, of patient experience on the team is whoever on the team has to clean up after anxious or upset patients will know exactly, you know, what's making people upset and anxious. That's it for round one with Ryan. The power of place. Stay tuned. In our next episode, we continue the discussion with Ryan and get into how we manage patient emotions when there is distraction, whether that's an operatory space or other. So tune in then. Cheers. <laughs>